We're live. We're live. Good morning. How are you We're guys? Live. Hope you had a good weekend. Weekend, baby. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Julie. Doesn't she look pretty, y'all? Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? Made from love. Did you know who he was singing about? He's singing about his daughter. His newborn daughter. Right. His baby, yes. Absolutely. Aisha. Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> a lot of you guys may not know that. In the opening of the song, they're in the tub. He's washing in the tub. We <laughs> same kind of daddy talk. Absolutely. But we get to apply that in lots of different ways. And apply it because it could be the love that you love for a newborn. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of different things. It could be the purest form of love which is what your love for your newborn child usually exhibits. But that's not our topic today. We do have a topic today. What is the topic? The topic today is enabler or provider. Enabler or provider. And we're going to talk about it right after these messages. Good morning, Melissa Price. Good morning, my name is Brian McNeil. And I am Lisa Santiago McNeil. And thank you for joining us on our show, Let's Talk About It. We come to each Monday through Friday right here on the SIBN Network, on iHeartRadio, YouTube, TuneIn, as well as Facebook Live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Like, 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 like. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, man, Melissa Price first in the room that I can see today. I don't know if she's actually the first, but the first one that I can see. And I'm so happy to have you, Melissa. Me too. I'm hoping you had a great weekend. Absolutely. It was a lot for me. I, I had a good yesterday off. I had a great weekend, but I only rested yesterday. And I usually take um, the weekend to rest and recover. But since I work this weekend, I typically take Monday and Tuesday. And I actually have Monday booked today. Oh, my goodness. You needed today off. I'm going to brag about my wife today all day, y'all. So <laughs> pretty much the whole show, I'm going to be bragging about Lisa. Um, but before we delve into it, um, I heard Lisa spoke twice this weekend, and I was I was not with her at either event. Um, but one of our friends took some videos of one of Lisa's talks, and I heard a snippet of one of her talks, and she was talking about how, and I'm going to let her please delve into this. But she was talking about is God is not an enabler. He's a provider. I think that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I heard. Good morning, Dr. Beverly. Dr. She was Beverly, I'm so glad well. that you're here. Good morning, Sister Dorothea Morell. How you doing, my sister? Um, so the concept today, today's topic, enabler or provider, what do you mean, Lisa? Well, which do you prefer? First of all, first of all really... I think we get to delve into the concept. What does it mean to enable versus provide? I really am curious as to how you see it. Okay. So to a topic and everything. Yep. Well, you don't have to. I, I, I'm open to all want, the perspectives. I, I want, want yours first and these. then we'll rebound off of it. I would rather do mine last as we get the people engaged. In the oh, that is actually the whole You purpose. came up with the topic. Right. So you have to introduce it properly. So I want to introduce it by sharing with you what it means. Okay, let's go. So an enabler is someone that actually comes in and resolves whatever the issue is for another person. There's actually nothing wrong with enabling. There's times in your life that you may need to be enabled in order to even be able to do some things for yourself. You have to first get enabled to do so. Um, when you're a baby, they require some enabling. Mothers have to feed the sure. children. They can't feed themselves. They have to clothe them. They can't clothe themselves. But there also comes a time where you provide the means with which they can do those things and then allow or encourage them to do those things on their own. The way I see it as in the adult world, enablers mm -hmm. um, do things for people that they could have done for themselves. That's right. That's which, in the which, adult world. Which robs them of the opportunity of developing that skill. Yes. Okay. Now, sometimes we do enable our children for too long. Right. We enable them for too long. Like we let the 35-year-old man um, stay in the same room that he was raised in. 
because we don't want to make him have to go get a because job. Because we don't want to give them because sometimes we don't want to see the process of self-provision evolve. I see that as enabling. It is. Okay, because if the parents had put him out at 26 even, that late, um, he would land. He'd be fine. Okay, And it, it really is a matter of each individual. Now, right. understand enabling <coughs> for some people is not about the other person at all. Yeah. It's about themselves and their own self-fulfillment by actually enabling someone else's success. They may be repairing some damage in their own minds or some things some guilt. that have or absolutely guilt, some things that they didn't do for themselves mm-hmm. or enabling because of some things that were not done for them. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? We're enabling because I don't want to be like that person that kicked me out or put me out or didn't take care of me or whatever, whatever. So we enable to the point that I'm, at least I'm not like them. Yes. Right? At least I'm not like them. Good morning, Sister Shaki. How you morning, doing? Good morning, Shaki. It's going to be a good it's day. It's going to be a good be day. a good day. Um, you got to see my man C. King doing his Denzel Washington version of singing that song. He's doing Denzel Washington's voice, but he's singing that it's going to be a good day. He's doing it as if it was Denzel Washington. And I think it's beautiful. I said to Lisa, I love that version. I... That's my favorite version now. <laughs> it's gonna be a good day. Yes, it's gonna be a good day. And as a matter of fact, that is that is a determined phrase that I speak from my mouth. But one of the other things I want you to remember is that speaking it is not enough. You also gotta write it down because your mind spends lots of time making up other scenarios. That the real way to jar your mind into the right direction is to write. Right, right, right. right. I don't want to. Um, I think you're right about writing. I want to. I want to get to this point because we're building something. Lisa, I saw a snippet of one of Lisa's talks this week where she said that prophet was not an enabler; he was a provider, or God was not an enabler; God is a provider. And I really want to exegete that first because I want to spend. I want to spend the lion's share of the show talking about what that means and where you came from because you came from Second Kings with that yes. story. Yes, so I came from 2 Kings chapter uh, 4, verses 1 through 7, which is the story of the widow whose husband had been uh, killed and he owed lots of debt. And his daughter, excuse me, and his wife was going to have to turn his sons in to pay off his debt. And that was going to be the scenario. She took herself to the prophet Elisha in search of help. That's what happened. She took herself to the prophet Elisha to search for help. She wanted provision. She wanted to save her sons from... Like her husband left her with debts that if they weren't repaid, her sons were going to be taken into slavery. And she didn't want her sons going into slavery. And she didn't feel like she had any money at all. She didn't have anything to keep this thing. This Now, how, how, how perilous is her moment? Absolutely. And scary is her moment. Her husband had provided the whole life, and now he's gone. Absolutely. She now don't got the guy gone. no more. Absolutely. So what am I going to do? I need the, I need money. I need it now. I need some help, but I need it now. And oftentimes with that perspective, we think that that help is going to come from outside. We assume that that help is got to come from outside because we're looking around at everything we got. We know we don't have the ability or we know in our mind with our current perspective that we don't have the ability to take care of this debt. So she tries something. She goes to somebody that she thinks could potentially help her. He looks like he's successful. He can help me. Let me explain to him my problems and maybe he'll rescue me. Mm-hmm. Dr. Beverly is requesting prayers for her daughter, Heather. Wow. Her boyfriend actually shot himself Saturday and she is taking it very hard. Yes, that's really, really and, challenging. Uh, we are praying for his healing and we're praying for his, her daughter's mindset. Um, um, I hope... I hope it was not on purpose, you know. Well, I don't, maybe not. It could have been an accident. Yeah, I hope it was an accident. Dr. Beverly says, I am a provider over, I am a provider overload. Yes, meaning I can become an enabler unaware until I recognize I need to back off and use my no. It's it's and it's then. so precarious, Dr. Beverly. Um, the kind of, when we're predisposed to getting caught up in enabling because we can, 
you know, we figured out a way that we can be helpful to someone else. And you can get caught up until you realize, oh, shoot, this is not right. Right. I've but, overhelped them. Yes. I've helped them to, to harm, to peril. And so often we don't even realize it. Praying for you, Dr. Beverly. Melissa is praying for you. Strong, strangely enough, my little brother tried to commit suicide on Thursday, oh which Lord. is why I was absent the rest of the week. Uh, wow. We are praying for these minds right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that is coming to overtake the minds, remember that God is well able to overtake the thoughts that we have. He can give us the direction to overtake these thoughts and we must go to him in prayer and we must get whatever mental health is needed, help wise. There's nothing wrong with that, but prayer is often very necessary. Actually, that's one of the things I talked about this weekend is sometimes we're, we're everything or nothing, everything or nothing, this or that. Pray, 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 pray. You don't need mental health or mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. You don't need prayer. You need both in tandem with one another. You know, um, Lisa was a part of a very dynamic church family called um, uh, with uh, what's the name? Summerfield. I mean, not Summerfield. Um, the church you was involved with when I first got with you. Redemption. Redemption. And you were a member of that church for how long? About 15 years. About 15 years. She was a very active member of that church. She was an associate minister in that church. And um, long before I met Lisa, probably five years before I met Lisa, I had visited that church. And I saw Lisa there because I recognized her. Okay, later on. She don't remember me at all. Okay, I was visiting that church. I was actually with another young lady and her teenage children. But at that church, and, and Lisa and I have talked about this before. She don't remember this particular Sunday, but I do. But at that church, this church was at the time was still willing to take testimonies. And there was this one lady, she came forward and she testified that she recently tried to take her own life. And she told the circumstances behind it. And then when she was finished, another lady came up and said within this past week, she tried to kill herself as well. And then another guy said it. It was four people within a week had tried to take their own lives. And they stood before that church and confessed it at that church, gave that testimony. And I was sitting there mind freaking blown. You don't know where people are. You know, in that one church family, they have four members who professed that they was committing suicide that particular week and didn't. Wow. And praise God, the, um, the pastor at the time was equal to the task. He was able to rally around each one of these people and get his church body to rally around them and show them genuine love. Because the impression I got, they all needed just more love. They all needed another hug. They all needed somebody else to listen to them talk. And I'll never forget that moment. I saw that happening live. We do need love. What we need even more than love oftentimes is hope. And hope comes from perspective. When we are focusing our energy in what we don't have, instead of focusing our energy on what we do have and what we can do, we can actually find our way into the light and into the, <clears throat> into the next day. And if we just take one day at a time, we can find ourselves into success. Melissa says, in addition to that, Charlotte's Middle School has had its second threat in the school. To the school. To the school in the last week. This morning was the second one. Cops everywhere. Cops and are yeah, everywhere. The rest crazy. of the school, that's the sign of the times we're in. Um, it's so difficult, especially as a parent today. You know, you, you like to think your children are going to be safe when you go there. I'm going to tell a story I've told on this show a couple of times okay already and bear with me this show takes a few minutes this story takes a few minutes to tell That's fine. but this happened in um uh, december of um i'm gonna say 95 long time ago i was still fit okay i had a, a mobile detailing company is what i had for a business i was in business for myself and my marriage had ended abruptly and i was sleeping on a friend's couch now i worked my business during the day but at 10 45 till 7 a.m I worked at Kinko's. So I had a job at the copy shop overnight. I would come home. I'd take about a 30 minutes to an hour sleep, shower, shave, and then hit the office parts because that's where my clients were from nine until about six. And then I would sleep a little bit more. I did this. For, and I had been doing this for a month. I lost 12 pounds the first month I did this. Okay. 12 pounds just from working and not sleeping overnight and all that stuff. But um, 
And I knew I started to just I had done it long enough where I knew what time it was by how tired I was. Because I mean, Sundays I didn't do either job. On Saturdays, I didn't do either job, but on Monday, I start off with energy. By Thursday of every week, my body was worn down. Okay, this happened on a Thursday because I was worn out. I had just come back in from detailing the cars. It was about 6.30 p.m. I wanted to go to bed. My my buddy whose house I was living on, he lived on the second floor of an apartment community. And I walked into the apartment, and he had a sliding glass door and a balcony and a, a small wood line of trees, which was bare of leaves, and another apartment community behind them. So I walked in, and as soon as I walked in, I see this man pulling a mattress out of a sliding door on the ground floor, and the mattress was on fire. And the first thing I thought, and I even I audibly said this, oh, Lord, let me see if I can go help him. That's what I said. Now, I was dog tired, but I saw that on the sliding glass door. As soon as I got I didn't even sat down yet. So I run downstairs and run around the building, and I go through the wood line, and I run up to the man, and I see him struggling to get this burning mattress out of his house, out of his apartment. I said, can I help you? Can I help you? And he didn't speak any English at all. He looked at me like I had two heads. And um, I, I was trying to help him. I was starting to help him, but he had about had it out. And then I hear a whole lot of ruckus on the other side because that was the back of the apartment building. I hear all this ruckus. So I run around the building, and the building was on fire. The whole building was on fire. And the way the building was set up, you had to go up like two or three stairs to get to the landing. And the landing was full of smoke. And I could, But I could see legs. The smoke was higher. You couldn't see the upper bodies, but you could see the legs in there. And they were going the wrong way. They were going this way instead of coming out. So I took a deep breath of air. And I ran in there. I just was going to grab anybody. The first person I grabbed was a small Asian man, and I just came back out. He didn't weigh nothing. I just grabbed somebody, and I came down the stairs, okay? <clears throat> and then I um, coughed out a little bit. I took in some more air, and I ran in, and I grabbed a little bit larger Latino woman, and I pulled her out, okay? And I taken in more smoke this time. On my second trip in there, I taken more smoke because I had to cough a lot to get myself together. I'm, I'm punched over coughing, coughing, coughing. So then I got myself together, and I was about to run back in. <sighs> And I was I was about to run in there and grab because I could still see Good legs. Morning, I could still see legs in there. So I was running back in, and my buddy Thomas jumped in front of me, put both hands on my chest on my chest, and goes, No, it's too dangerous. He stopped me like that. I have both hands. So and just then I heard a woman scream and she yelled, Help, help. She was on the third floor of this apartment community. And I run over there. There's where her where she was out her window, there was no balcony. There was no stairs. There was just her, second floor, first floor, and me on the ground. Wow. And um, she yelled her head out. She stuck her head out the window. I can't get out of my apartment, and I got kids in here. I'm looking around. It's like I was the only man there. She goes, she couldn't get out of her apartment, and the building was burning. Wow. And she got kids in there. Her hair was everywhere. You know, she was in there. She was like, uh, I can't get out. I need help. I'm like, what am I going to do? And, and I said, lady, drop your children to me. I will catch your children. And she looked at me like, I said, and then I started preaching and yelling at her. Because the building was burning. I could feel the heat from the building on my side. Lady, we have to do it now. I love your kids. I will catch your kids. I will not let your kids fall. Let me catch your kids. Let me catch them. And I'm yelling at her. And she took her head in. She came back out. She took her head back in again. And she came out with this um, a small child, maybe three or four years old. And she had the child by the forearm like this. And she leaned that child down. She wasn't talking anymore. But I remember I was talking the whole time. She leaned her child down like it's, like she was trying to hand me the child as far as she could reach. Mm -hmm. And she let her child go. And I caught the child. Okay. And I sat the child down. There was another lady, Latino lady, standing nearby watching me at this point. And I yelled at her. I said, hold her hand. Hold her hand. And she took the kid's hand. Mm -hmm. I went back over for the next kid's little boy, a little bit older. He was um, sitting on the ledge mm. when I got there. He was sitting on the ledge, and I looked back up, and I, his mom helped guide him off, okay? And I caught him, too. Now, at this point, other men saw what was going on. Mm. So I caught two kids, and other men came over to help me. Some brother came over and, like, grabbed the arms, like we locked arms and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And the whole time, I'm talking, and I'm yelling to the lady to watch the kids, and other men came over, too. This was a little girl. She was older. She was also sitting on the ledge, too. 
But by this point, um, I had men behind me, next to me, in front of me. We had made like arms neck. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she came and we caught her. No problem. Okay. Mm. And um, and it's amazing. All this teamwork happened. No one had to coordinate anything. No one said, you go here, that kind of stuff like that. Now, at this point, the building is burning more because it's hot where we're standing. It's mm. hot. But mom is up there. And she got her, she, I remember she was a large black woman. She put one leg out that window. She had on pink sweatpants and a white t-shirt. Big leg. Okay. And I thought, Good morning, Ooh. brother Mark. And she put her other leg out there. Her apartment must have been full of smoke and burning because she, she kind of like leaned into it, like covered herself up like that and kind of like came down with like her back to us. She came, we caught her and everybody fell down. Everybody fell down when we caught her. All the men, her too. We caught her in momentum. Everybody got knocked to the ground. And I remember getting up first because I got up and I saw everybody on the ground and I pulled her up and I put her with her kids. Now, I told that long story because when that woman was yelling out the window, what does she want? Help. And what does she also want? Hope. She wanted some help and she wanted some hope. She did not see how she's going to get her and her kids out of there safely. The stairs was not an option. The front door of her apartment was not an option. And praise God, in that moment, I was there to be her help and her hope. I was not a good option. I was not the fire department. I didn't have a ladder. I didn't have the big old thing that they use. Trampolines, nettings. I had none of that. I was not a good option. I was a poor option at that moment. But it was all she had. And that gave her hope. Absolutely. Good morning, Brother Mark. And thank you, Dr. Ola. She says, Lisa's road crew this weekend are amazing women. They're awesome women. As well. Yes, she I'm so grateful really she had a road crew. And I'm grateful for them that they came as well. Today's topic, again, is enabling versus provision. How often do we mistake one or the other or just overlook it altogether or prefer one thing over the other. Enabling, like I said, enabling should have a very short runway. Well, let me jump in here. Mm -hmm. At the time when I was there for that lady, I was being helped because I needed a place to live too. I was sleeping on a friend's couch. And was my friend enabling me or was he providing for me? I was sleeping on his couch. I needed help. But I did have a business of my own, and I had a part-time job overnight. So I had some hope for better things, you know, even because I had a way to earn money. And I was actively seeking money on a daily basis and actually doing the work. So I, I was getting help from someone that, that I needed help from in that moment of my life. That's, that's actually the difference between um, enabling and provision. Enabling could be providing some of the necessities to life support. But provision is providing everything for life support. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. They because... just gave you enough so that you could get your feet up under you right. and get back on your feet. Now, if they had brought you in and given you a house and never require anything of you, no, that, the case. that wouldn't have given you the pain necessary or the the discomfort necessary to get motivated to do those things for yourself. Sometimes overhelping someone yeah. is actually hindering them. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Beverly says, Lisa, I will say, yesterday my mother's uh, book went to proofing. How about that? A Mother's Sacrifice. I'm so excited. Oh, amen. Yes, I'm grateful for that. Yes. Yes, that is exciting. Good morning, Dr. Deborah. So again, today's topic is enabling to provision. I'm going to share just a little clip of Ooh. yesterday's Ooh, clip time. Dr. Deborah, I thought about you this morning because December 10th, we're going to be in Tennessee. Is in the word of God. Amen. Selling is in the word of God. That means sell your intellectual property, sell the works of your hands, sell, sell, sell. You don't want to hear that? Oh no, that is not of God. 
God has given everything away and taken care of everything. This prophet did not write nine checks. Y'all know how many is made? Not I am. That is right. He did not write nine checks. He got her to a place where she could fulfill the promise for herself with the anointing of God. He is not an enabler. God is not an enabler. He is a provider. Huh? He is not. He is not an enabler. He is provider. Listen, listen, listen. He is. Here's what would have been an enabler. A neighbor would have been, here's somebody to pay your debt. How many wants somebody to pay your debt? You can tell the truth and share the devil in here. Right? We think that's what we want. And if you go to the man of God thinking that he has the ability, thinking that the man of God has the ability to give you or fulfill your needs, then you don't realize that you have the Fortunately for us, God will still walk us through some stuff because He knows you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Amen. So He. All right, that's an amazing clip. That was an amazing clip. It was a minute and 40 seconds. I'm so glad Lisa shared it with us. Good morning, uh, Dr. Deborah again. Good morning, Tarnes. Good morning, Katura. That was a clip where Lisa talked about enabling versus providing from a talk she gave this past Saturday. You said we we're going to be in Tennessee? Yes. When? December the 10th. Oh. December the 10th. I, I scheduled it for Knoxville, but Alcoa is the city that seems to be best for entrepreneurs. And Knoxville is um, a bit of ways from where our friend Dr. Deborah is. She's in Paris. Okay, they're not close. So, But I scheduled Knoxville. But Alcoa is beneath Knoxville. So I'm still wearing it out. But December 10th is the date that we're going to do our workshop, Secrets of Selling Your Services Now in, in Tennessee. That's going to be our last road trip of the year. Um, Good morning, Tarnas. Good morning, Katura. Thank you for joining us this morning. Did y'all get any value out of that clip or Lisa's talk? Because I sure did. That's the clip I saw. I was like, wow. Understand that sometimes you don't even realize what is already already within you, what is already more than you need. In the scripture, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 7, excuse me, verses 1 through 7, the prophet doesn't directly answer the woman's question when she goes to him. She doesn't go to him for a sermon. She goes to him for a handout, actually. Yep. That's she what she goes thought she to needed. Him for a handout. Good morning, Mr. Sean Tomlin. How you doing? Men meeting tomorrow night. <laughs> um, Dr. Devil says, looks like I'm coming to Knoxville. <laughs> That'll be a man. If you come to Knoxville, you're going to get to speak on the platform with us. We'll give you an opportunity to address the audience as well. Because we your good works and your good stuff. So you can look for you can look at that as a speaking engagement. Okay. Looks like I'm coming to Knoxville. <laughs> so so today's show, I think, has been really, really important. Some of the stuff we've talked about, enabling versus providing, help and hope. You know, especially on a Monday. This is a good, this is a good way to launch our week. That's what I think. You know, what say you folk? You know, did you get anything out of Lisa's clip? about she went to the prophet for one thing and he gave her a parable and he gave her a solution. Go ahead, baby. He actually didn't give her a parable. He gave her instructions mm -hmm. that didn't seem to answer the question that he that she was asking. I need money to rescue my kids. Great. What yeah. do you have? What do you got? What you got? I don't got nothing. Surely. What you got? I have a small cruise of oil. A small box is what a cruise Small box of oil. It's a small jar of oil, actually. It's a little pour about thing. Anyway, that's all she they call it a cruise. So that's all she got. It is good. Go ahead and um, borrow pots from your neighbors. Borrow a lot of them. What? What? Yeah. Go get you some pots, vessels. Uh maybe you <laughs> didn't hear me. I asked you <laughs> to help me because my husband is dead. 
and he left us with a lot of debts. My and the debt collectors the are coming to take my children. And when my sons are gone, it's just me by myself, and I won't have anything. And I don't want to lose my sons. I got it. Get you some pots, okay? Some vessels. Borrow as many of them as you can. Get your sons to help you. All you guys go out there and borrow. Look, man. Just do what I say. Okay, what? She has no other options, and she decides to take his counsel. The pain points were enough to motivate her into obedience. We all have heard the scripture. We actually try to use it on our children. We teach it to them over and over and over again. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But how often do we want to overlook that same scripture for ourselves? Uh, we don't like it when it don't feel good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she does this task. She does this task. And he tells her to... Shut the door. What? Shut this, the door. Get all the pots in your house and close the door. Absolutely. Okay. When the door is closed, what, what does that mean? That means that the people on the other side of the door no longer can see what's going on inside your room. Right? And you have some private time wherewith to do what I have told you to do that the other people might have been discouraging you from. What are you getting ready to do with all these pots? What are they doing in there? You got all these pots? They closed the door. We can't see now. <laughs> Dr. Jefferson says we do a lot of real, a lot of, we, we, do, we that do that a lot, mm -hmm. not realizing what we actually already have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Shaki says there is a book called The Soul of Money mm -hmm. by Lynn Twist and changed my perspective on giving help. Because it is a fine line between help and enabling. I love to help, and help versus enabling is different for each person and situation. Absolutely. And that's we actually talked a little bit about that. The important the importance of rightly dividing the word in all truth is the the difference between actually right and wrong, because something can be right and still wrongly applied. Help and giving and love can be right, but if it is not it be applied in the right situation, it can actually be wrong and it can make the situation worse. I was a part of a very dynamic church in Greensboro called Love Fellowship Believers, and I was living in some bullcrap hovel. And then when I started to make some money, I went from a lowly existence where I lived to a nice place uptown, uh, a high-rise duplex kind of thing. And I was on the second floor and there was nothing above me. And it was nice. It was really nice. It was 10 times greater than the place I moved from. But my rent was three times as much, okay, or four times as much, something like that. But I had the money at the time and my credit was good enough for them to say yes. So, so I got in there. I got that place and I loved my place. And then I furnished it really nicely. People donated some furniture to me, but I had a real nice bachelor's pad. Things were going pretty good. And then I got behind in my rent. And they was not playing. If you get behind your rent like days, you're out of there. <laughs> this place right here, you don't get to be two months behind rent on this spot. Okay. You got to pay your rent when it's due or you out of there. That's, that's how they played the game. So I was in trouble. I ain't have the money. I was like, oh my God, I'm hoping to have it soon, but I ain't have soon. So I went to my church council to ask for rent. Now I figured I would definitely get it. Because I'm reading announcements every week. I'm very close friends with Pastor. Um, I'm showing up for everything. I'm an active member of this church. They definitely gonna hook up Brother Brian. And they had a meeting with me. They had me and everyone part of the church membership council. I called the light skin council because all the leadership was light skin at that church at the time. The light skin council. So I sat there and I made a very compelling case as to why I wanted the church to help me out this month. And they asked me very smart questions. Okay, well if we pay this. What you going to do next month? Well, I'm going to keep building my business. I'm going to keep hustling for business, okay? And they'll get worried about this. And when they ask me an intelligent question, they ask me to leave the room. I left the room for a little while. They had to come back in. And they said, Brian, we decided not to help you here um, because we don't see how this is going to be sustainable. So we're not going to help you. They loved me. I didn't feel that anyone there didn't love me, but they decided not to give me money after having intelligent. Now, Pastor, my friend, he was in the room. He told me, he was like, just give it to him. Just give it to him. Just give it to him. Because he was excited and wanted to help his friend. Just give him the money, give him the money. Because they had the money. But it was like everybody else was level-headed. And they told him no. And turns out, I did get evicted from that place. 
Um, but I was homeless for a day. And I wasn't even really homeless. I just crashed somewhere. Okay. But a man at the men's meeting said, look, Brian, I got this house. It's a small house. It's uptown. It's a small house. But the rent is only this much here. And whatever you have, I'll take that and you can go in there. And I ended up living in that small house for two years. It was a two-bedroom house. had a big front yard, big backyard, just me. A house versus instead of a duplex, I lived there for two years easily. Rent was never a problem there. That was a better place for me to live at the time. But I missed it. The point of my long story, again, this is my second long story today, was people that loved me turned said no to me, and they were right to do it. Grand Rising, Felicia. She says, Grand Rising, beautiful people. Absolutely. Enabling versus providing. Sometimes enabling in the wrong instance where someone could help themselves with just a little help is actually making things worse for them versus better. If they had given me that money, it would have just prolonged. The inevitable. Yes, the inevitable. They would have just extended out the inevitable. That's all they would have did. And they saw it, and I didn't see it at the time. Because at first, I was angry. I was angry at first. I can't believe they brag about how much money we got as a church family. And the first time I need some, they ain't got nothing for me. What's up? <laughs> But God will slow walk you, just like he did with the widow woman. He slow walk, walked her to the right answer. The prophet didn't give her everything all at once. Melissa says, family duties are calling. I got to go for today, but I'm sending love and healing vibes to everyone in our circle Thank here you. that needs it. We're sending love and healing vibes to you, sending love and light to your brother and to your family. Just keep them safe and keep them covered in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking God to order his steps, get him the right help that he needs. One more time. Let me brag on Lisa. Thursday night, Lisa had to go to a rehearsal for an event on Friday evening where she was going to serve as the MC of this event. And this event was like a motivational fashion show from what I could gather. So she had to serve as an MC and kind of ended up coordinating a few things, but she did a great job. From what I heard, she was masterful. Um, helping get everyone get on the stage, off the stage. And she was on the stage herself in high heel shoes for a long time to make sure this whole event happened. And she got home late Friday night, okay? My wife goes to bed pretty early or when early. I mean, normally early, like 10, you know? But she got home late Friday. Saturday, um, Dr. Beverly's already mentioned that Lisa's friends gathered because she had to get into a car and go an hour and a half away from her home to a town called Chiraw, South Carolina, a real small town, for an event they had there, a woman's, um, event, woman's event called uh, Unfinished Business. Um, very dynamic pastor there, and Lisa went there, and I, you saw that one clip from that event. So Lisa delivered her talk there as well. And Lisa, I said, how long did you speak, baby? She goes, I don't know, a long time, Brian. I spoke almost an hour. Lisa don't speak no hour, but she did at that event. <laughs> I usually don't so, speak longer than 15 I want to say I am so proud of her hard work this weekend, her diligence, and her willingness to let God use her. I promise you, Lisa didn't take either one of those platforms as Lisa. She took each platform as a reflection of the God within her. She asked for that. She wanted God to be seen through her, and I'm sure she delivered wonderfully. I wish I had been there myself. There's a couple of things I wish I had done this weekend, places I wish I had been that I didn't get to go to. Oh, man. But anyway, I want to brag on my amazing wife. Thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Melissa, thank you. I receive, I receive it. She said, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mama Lisa. You're very, very welcome. Miss um, Phyllis, good morning. Jacqueline, good morning. Good morning. Blessings, my dear. blessings. Yep. She says, morning, blessings. Amen. Dr. Deborah says, way to go, way to. Let Way God. to let God usually say, amen. Amen. And I definitely felt as if God was using me and operating in, with, and through me throughout the entire weekend. And he was allowing me to see my own strength. Even in the fact that my husband was not there was a part of God's provision because I do rely a lot on my husband. And I love him a lot. And I love the fact that he allows me to rely on him. But he's not God. Mm -mm. Sometimes he looks like God. Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes God uses particularly. him. <laughs> but he allows God to use him. And I'm grateful for that. I thought about something. 
Because when you were Friday and Saturday, see on Friday when you're giving your talk, two days before that, three days before that, we were on the beach. Two days before that, you didn't get home to Wednesday. Right. So we had spent that time away from home. That's required some traveling. That was uh, what, three and a half hours, something like that, drive. And then we get home and now you're back in the car hitting the road again, you know. And this week, we're going to be back in the car heading the road again. We're going to drive another four hours this week because on um, Friday, we're going to be in Atlanta this week. Friday and Saturday, coming back Sunday. But we're going to be in Atlanta this week um, because I'm delivering a workshop called Secrets of Selling Your Services Now in Atlanta. Jow, jow. Jow, jow. (laughs) Tarnas. I don't know if that is a typo, but L-M-A-P. LMA pool, <laughs> laughing my ass pool with it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Tarnas will turn a phrase on you. Tarnas, <laughs> cl- clarify that. If you happen to be in Atlanta and you want to check out secrets or know to someone that is, or know someone who is, send them, bring them, or come yourself to Secrets to Selling Atlanta um, workshop. You can register at bit.ly slash secrets to selling Atlanta ATL. Oh, Tarnas says it's a typo. Miss Phyllis says it's what she goes. I know. I know what you mean. I just got back the weekend, had a great time, and my grand turned one. Yes, that's right. She was here in North Carolina. Here we go. Here we go. Brother Mark. Brother Mark Greer. I need my glasses for this. And I'm going to read this in my version of the stylings of Brother Mark Greer. Okay. He says, good morning, my people of greatness. Sometimes in life, we need to hit hit singles instead of trying to always hit a home run. A series of singles will eventually get you to home plate. Just as trying to find that one thing to make you $1 million represents shooting for the home run. Ten, $100,000 Implemented ideas also make you a million. Sometimes we need to hit a series of singles. The race is won by the steady, persistent, and committed. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. Amen. Jacqueline says, you are truly a powerhouse. When you removed your scarf, that was funny. You are indeed chosen to speak into the lives of See, I didn't see the thing. Now, I'm jealous that Jacqueline saw it living in Arizona, and I'm right in the same house with you, and I didn't see the clip where you removed your scarf. You can see it. You can see it. You can watch it today. Um, Dr. Deborah says she's leaving for Atlanta on Wednesday, and she'll be there through the weekend. Are you kidding? I want to hook up with you. Well, we if you're going to be in Atlanta the same time we're there, you're definitely going to hook up with that's us. right. Only know someone else that's going to be in Atlanta. Yes. Atlanta this weekend, Michelle, Stephanie, and Dr. Deborah is going to be there checking out TV Jakes. Really? Well, we'll have some time then. Um, actually, Dr. Deborah, we're going to go to a comedy show on Friday night, I think. Either Friday night or Saturday. We can go either night while we're in Atlanta because we got to hook up. So, how about that? So you said Stephanie, Michelle, and Dr. Deborah are going to all be in Atlanta to see T.D. Jakes do his thing, and we're going to be there doing our thing, too. We're going to have to connect at some point. You better not leave this city without seeing each other's faces. We will, I'm sure. We will, I'm sure. So understand that there is a fine line that requires some evaluation, and some of what we say and do, it's okay to take a little time to get the words out, a little time to finish with your thoughts before you actually respond. Because it's important to allow God to minister the appropriate direction that you are going to deliver to someone else. Amen. We're talking enablement versus being a provider. Enabling versus providing. We're also talking about help and hope on today's show. I got asked a very important question um, or very interesting question at the end of the day, because one of the gifts that I gave to the um, to the first lady there was a gift bag with my two books in them, uh, um, Discovering Your Why, Journey to Wholeness, and The Tiniest Little Acorn. 
I also gave her her own set of mindful cards, mindfulness cards, the I am cards that, that um, you review to yourself daily. And I gave her a small bottle of oil from a from the oil that I have been praying over for six months. Now, what's interesting about this bottle is that the bottle contains crystals. I gave her crystals in the bottle, not knowing whether or not they have some, not crystals, not crystals, no crystals or fear of um, crystals or anything else. But I intended to explain it to her before giving it to her, giving her the right to disregard them if she chose not to have them or whatever. But when we reached home, I also gave um, three of the ladies that travel with me a similar bag with Michelle the same. Michelle Michelle, uh, Stephanie Morris, and um, that's not who was with you. Who was with you? I wasn't gonna say. Okay. <laughs> um, the the three uh, ladies that were with me, giving them the same bags. One of the ladies actually asked me, "What do you do when someone is um?" has a certain thought about crystals or about something or what, whatever. And usually I do nothing because that's their business is between them and God. And my answer was initially, um, I really don't do anything. Uh, I think it's all right to disregard something that you don't understand. It's your loss. Um, but also to realize that the crystals are not important. God is important. I want them to see God in whatever it is that I am doing. They cannot worship the crystals and get anything extra out of it. They cannot worship the oil. They cannot worship anything without realizing that it is a merely an intensified conduit to God. Even in your enabling, even in your provision, remember you are not God. You're standing in being the conduit to God so that someone can connect with something and someone that they may not have yet gained direct access to. But the objective is to help them to get direct access to God. I would prefer those people to seek to understand. You know, If they want to, but I'm not forcing understanding on anyone. Yeah, but they should at least, I think they should at least try to understand because when you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. This is true. The superstition, the superstition definitely, <laughs> definitely can get in the way of some things. Dr. Deborah, thank you. She says such a good explanation, Lisa. I appreciate it. Dr. Beverly, you are right. She says, yes, but rocks, rocks do, do cry, cry out. out. So crazy. <laughs> Never shall a rock cry out oh, in my I'm... place. He's worthy of all our praise. We got to do our greedy songs because it's 946. And we're getting out of here in, in um, six minutes. And I got a client at 10, y'all. Praise God for that. Got a client at 10. Melissa Price did pop in the room. She stepped out, but we're going to do her jam anyway. Melissa Price. <clears throat> She's got a greedy jam. goes like this. Bam, 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 Melissa's on. Now it's time for us to sing her song. Melissa's on. Good morning, Mr. Melissa Prize. Dr. Beverly, you need to take it over. Thomas has a logo that goes like this. Dr. Beverly is on the show. Good morning, Dr. Beverly. Strong, baby. Okay. Shaki. Shaki has a jam, too. It goes, guess who's back? Back, back. Back again. Again, again. Shockey's back. Back, back. Tell a friend. Friend, friend. Shockey's back. Shockey's back. Shockey's back. Shockey's back. Shockey's back. I, I created, created a monster. monster. That's our girl. Come on. <laughs> That's right, Shockey. Thank you. Dr. Deborah's Dr. here. Dr. Deborah Dunstan has a song. Dr. Deborah, nonprofit strategist and funding coach. Mm -hmm. Mr. Tarnas Green has a song too, and it goes, Do it, baby. Do it, do it, baby. Do, do it, it, baby. Do it, Tarnas. Yeah. Miss Katura Green has a song too, and it goes, Back to life. Back to Katora Green. However, do you want it? However. However, do you need it? Do you need it? Let's go, baby. Yes, I think. Oh, Miss Felicia's here. Felicia, we love you. 
you're the one, the one for me. Miss Phyllis George has a logo. Miss Phyllis is here. So clear the way. Miss Phyllis is here. Now we can all have a great day. Good morning, Miss Phyllis. Good morning, Jacqueline. Jacqueline Rosie, I pretty little one that I adore. You're the only one my heart beats for. I'm so glad that you are mine. And according to Jacqueline, uh, Mr. Mark Greer is here and he got a jam as well. And he goes, So wide you can't get around it. So low <laughs> you can't get under it. So high, you can't get over it. Mark Greer is under a groove. He's getting down just for the funk of it. Mark Greer is under a groove. Nothing can stop us now. How cool is that? Who's next? Thank you guys for joining us today. We are so excited to have Yes. Excited to have you with us. We enjoy the time that we get to spend together each and every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. We're thankful and grateful Metamark was on. We can get you a song, Metamark. You got to say something. Marvin Wilson. That's Metamark. Marvin. Marvin. It's not going right. Anyway, Marvin Wilson's here. Well, swung through anyway. This is Sean Thomas. I saw there's a lot of people that come through the show that we don't see. Um, and we know that because we find out later how many people viewed the show. <laughs> By the way, Lisa. I was encouraged about training up your child. Thank you. That's another segment that we will talk about. It was encouraging to me. Listen, train up a child the way that she that he should go so that when he grows old, he will not depart from it. A lot of these scriptures that I actually called back on are the scriptures that we have embedded in our hearts and minds because we've heard them over and over again because they work. But guess what? They still work. And understand that training up a child the way that they go, the way that they should go is actually the one that you get to hold on to during that time period. The Amish call it uh, rump springer during that time period where they lose their mind. They reject the church and traditional stuff. They want to be real values. They want to have some more independence. They're yeah. fighting for the independence. But they will come back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, they will come back to God and it will be of their own volition and you will get to celebrate with them and rejoice with them. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful as well. I'm grateful that we had this day together. And once again, we will see you tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Monday sets the pace for your week. Absolutely. Have a great week. And don't forget to have sex.